All right. Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Today, you're going to hear a message from Pastor Walt that we hope encourages you. So <clears throat> this morning we're going to look at, uh, man, I pace a lot. Whenever, every time I speak, I'm, I walk back and forth. So I'm glad to have this little lapel mic and I'll probably try to avoid tripping over some of these chords. <laughs> um, so we'll, we'll be looking at uh, a story in Matthew 14, uh, verse 25 through 33. And uh, to kind of paint the picture, the scene, um, this is, so this is right after, oh yeah, I didn't even mention the title of the sermon, which I think is funny, I think it's a little funny, uh, that a skateboarder decided to title his sermon Radical. Um, it's pretty fitting, I thought. Um, so this is, this is uh, right after Jesus had fed the 5,000. So <clears throat> he let the disciples go on ahead. He dismissed the crowds. He went to pray uh, by himself, which he often did. And man, I think we can take note of that. Like getting alone and praying. If Jesus did it, we should probably do it ourselves. I think that would be a good idea. Um, so the disciples... The disciples had gone out into the boat. They were on the water. Jesus, obviously, he was back. So he starts to walk out onto the water towards them. Um, and it was dark. It was, it was nighttime. Um, so we'll jump in. Verse 25, and in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost, and they cried out in fear. I would have done the same. Probably half of the scary movies that you've seen, there's some water, it's nighttime, you don't know what's out there, it's a little scary. Um, they thought it was a ghost, they were terrified, they cried out in fear, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, he said, come. Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand, took hold of him, saying, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, worshipped Jesus, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Um, let's pray. Father, uh, Lord, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for who you are. Um, Lord, we pray that Pray that you would speak this morning, um, Lord, that it would be your words. Pray that you would uh, help me to get out of the way and um, 
that you would speak to my heart, that you would speak to the hearts of everyone in this room, and that, um, Lord, that you would be glorified and lifted up, and that, um, Lord, that we would see you as almighty, um, the powerful God that you are, the radical king that you are. Um, Lord, again, we thank you. We pray that you would speak this morning. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, <clears throat> I, when this, when this passage came to mind and uh, I felt like God was putting on, putting it on my heart to, uh, to share this, it blew me away, Peter's response. And in this situation, um, again, it's a scary situation. But Peter had an appropriate response to a radical king. Everyone's scared. Everyone's in the boat. Everyone's scared. It's dark. Remember, scary movie scene. And they think they see a ghost. In this situation, Jesus didn't say, like, hey, come out here. Like, come and see me. Come, come be with me. It's me. Peter's the one who prompted it. He's like, well, hey, if it's you, like, tell me to come out there, and I'll do it. And he did. I, I don't know about you. I would not say that. I don't think that I would. I wish, I wish that I was that guy. I, I'm, I'm working towards being that guy, but, man, would you have said, like, tell me to come out on the water? And this isn't, as far as I know, I don't think that Jesus had, uh, that, that the Bible describes Jesus walking on water before this point. And no one else was walking on water. So Peter didn't even, he didn't have like, a, like evidence that this was something that he could do. He didn't, he hadn't seen it done before. But it, that didn't, it didn't matter to him. He knew who Jesus was and he knew all right, Jesus, if that's you, like I, I know you're all powerful. I know you're almighty. So I know you can do it if it's you. I, I love Peter. I love Peter. I love his, I love his heart. I want to be more like Peter. Uh, obviously, want to be more like Jesus. But, man, this, this, that attitude... It doesn't, it doesn't matter if I've seen someone else do it before. It doesn't matter if, if Jesus even asked me to do it or not. Like, I'm, I'm going. I'm going where he is. I want to be where he is. And I know that with him, everything's possible. Um, if, if you didn't know, uh, I'm a part of City Light Church, uh, which... Kevin McGinn is the, is the pastor of, um, and it was, we, we've been up here for a little, little over five years now, um, group of us moved up from Virginia, so it was probably, probably about six years ago, I listened to a sermon, uh, I think it was by Francis Chan, which maybe you like him, maybe not, whatever, um, 
The sermon, it hit me. It was about erring on the side of action. I had never heard anyone talk about that before. Um, and my whole life, I really kind of spent erring on the side of caution. I've been a skateboarder for 24 years, uh, and I've never broken a bone, which, praise God, I pray that I never do. Um, but part of that is because I, skateboarding is a dangerous thing. It can be a dangerous thing, but I try to work within my limits. I try to, like, okay, that's, maybe that's a little out of my reach. Maybe it's not, but I'm going to hold off on that for, at least, for right now, you know, kind of ease my way into things. Um, because I've seen people break their bones, and I don't want that to happen. Uh, so my whole life, I, I've, I observe a lot. I see other people hit landmines, and I'm like, I'm glad that that person went first, and I can kind of move this way so I don't hit those landmines. Um, when I heard the sermon, I'm like, man, err on the side of action because... If you're doing something for God, if you're, if you're really doing it for God, there is no failure. There's no such thing as failure. It's, it, it, in the eyes of the world, it might look like you failed if you tried something for God and it, and it didn't work out the way you thought it would or uh, the way that other people thought it would or should. But that idea that there's no such thing as failure when you're, when you're doing something for God changed, you know, it like clicked. It hit me, and I'm like, man, why? Why am I erring on the side of caution if I'm doing something for God? If I believe that God is in it, for it, it doesn't make sense. I'm just filled with fear and worried about failing, but God, God doesn't fail, and if we're doing something for God, how can we fail? And that was, that was a big factor in us deciding to sell our house, pack up. At the time, we only had, we, we only had two girls. We had four now. So pray for me when you think about it. <laughs> um, but that was, that was a big factor in, man, like, yeah, it might be difficult to find a job and yeah, it's more expensive to live in Massachusetts than it is in Virginia, but, and yeah, we have this nice house that is pretty, pretty good size, and I don't know, might cost five, 600,000 here, it was quite a bit less there, um, but, man, I, I want to help with this. I think God is calling us to help with this, and why would we not do it? And we couldn't think of a good reason. I hate the cold, but that's not a good reason. That <laughs> it's, I pushed through, I, yeah. Couldn't think of a good reason, and I didn't want to continue living life the way that I always had. Like, no, if there's no good reason not to do this, like, let's, let's go, let's help. God will put together all these pieces that it took some time to, you know, fit together the puzzle pieces, and we didn't know how it was all going to work, but God did it, and he brought us here, and I'm thankful that he did, because otherwise I wouldn't be in front of you today. Um, 
Peter lived his life erring on the side of action and stepping out and speaking, sometimes before thinking, um, which, which could be good, and good or bad, but that was, his, that was the way he lived his life. And later on in Matthew, <clears throat> we see Peter was the one who answered correctly when Jesus asked, who, who do you say I am? I think, I think that I have to ask myself, we have to ask ourselves, who do we say Jesus is? Who is Jesus to us? Is he the blonde haired blue-eyed, kind of cartoon character that our culture has kind of made him into? Meek and mild Jesus? Or is he the God and creator of the universe who decided to take on flesh that he knew was going to be shredded and beaten and hung on a cross to die so that we could be free? That is a radical king. That's a radical God. And like the song said, there is no one like him. He's almighty. And the fact, the fact that that was his plan is mind-blowing. The lengths that he went to for us is mind-blowing. I think the more that we see Jesus as that radical king, as that almighty God who, who went through such agony for us, and who, after dying and raising from the dead by the power of the Spirit, gives his spirit to us. That spirit lives in us. How could our lives look normal? I believe walking, walking with Jesus looks far from normal. In, in this scene, in this story, um, like I mentioned, the disciples had just been a part of seeing 5,000 people be fed with five loaves and two fish, which is incredible. You guys are talking about bringing dessert tonight. You know, if there's one cookie for all of you, it's, how is that going to work? Um, it's, it's crazy to think about. It's crazy to really like, you know, we hear these stories a lot, but it's crazy to think about. What would you be thinking or feeling in that situation? It's, it's, it's amazing. And we know that Peter went on, uh, rather, that God went on to do amazing things through Peter. Walking on water, which is pretty incredible. I cannot imagine what that would be like. Healing people, speaking in tongues, he went on to do these things and more, and his life was radical. His life looked radical, amazing to everyone who saw it. It's amazing to us. But Peter, he was just a man. He was a regular guy. He was a normal guy. I think 
you know, if, if it was just Jesus who walked on water, okay, well, he's the son of God. Like, he, you know, he can walk on water. Me, I can't. Um, but this normal guy walked on water. Why can't I do that? What's stopping me from doing that? I don't know. Um, also later on in Matthew, Matthew uh, chapter 17, verse 20, um, is it, it's a passage that, uh, again, we've all heard probably more than a couple times. Uh, if you have faith like the grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. And there's, um, of course, like, like many things, there's different interpretations of this passage, but I think, I think what's pretty clear is that because of God, we can do far more than we really think or imagine, right? I, I, I don't feel like God would put in there that you could move mountains and that nothing will be impossible for you. I don't really feel like he would put that in there just kind of haphazardly, like just, well, I didn't really mean that, but you know, you know, sort of, like. I think that when you walk with Jesus and you're committed to whatever he has for you, when it's in his will, for his purpose, incredible things are possible. Amazing, mind-blowing things are possible. And I think that our lives don't look normal when that's our focus. Um, I mentioned how we moved up from Virginia. Uh, I was actually born in Missouri, a, a town called Marionville. Everyone's heard of it? Um, <laughs> no, it's uh, a town of 2,000 people. And uh, my class, actually my graduating class was 45 people, which there's probably more people in this room. Um, it, uh, I was raised by uh, a single mom. Um, the town, it was an all-white town also, just to throw that in there. My, myself, my brother, and my sisters, we were very shy, incredibly shy, and hated public speaking, uh, like most people. We were incredibly shy. And if you look at statistics, African-American, uh, African-American men raised by a single parent, um, the future doesn't necessarily look bright, I guess I would say. Um, but by the grace of God, I ended up in the second biggest city in New England, having opened a free indoor skate park to use for ministry. 
And again, I don't know how often you've heard of a free indoor skate park. Uh, there's not, I, I only know of maybe we're one of five in the country. Uh, I don't know if there's a, any in any other countries, but um, it's, not, it's not a very common thing. It's not a normal thing, I wouldn't say. But it's not to my credit at all. It's not, it's not me who did anything. It's not me, it's not because I'm smart or strategic or uh, brave or, or anything like that. It's because God can do radical things through normal people that say yes to him. And I'm so, I'm so thankful for that. So thankful for that. Because I know, again, I'm, I'm trying to show you a little snapshot of, of who I am, of how you know, I grew up, how normal of a person I am. Um, but man, I know it, I know it more than you. God knows it more than you. Um, and I think, man, I've, I've been reminded by God uh, through the past few years I, um, of how this book, it's not about amazing people doing all this crazy stuff. It's about normal people who God uses to do amazing things. Moses was like, no, 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 I, uh, you got the wrong guy. Like this, I, I don't think that you actually want me to do that. I can't speak very well. Uh, like maybe pick someone else. And he delivered God's people. David, he was the least likely of anybody, least likely of his brothers. He was the smallest. But God's not concerned about the biggest and the strongest. He's, his concern is, is for people's hearts and their commitment to him. And he chooses some of the most normal people, the most average people. Not these, like, talented, you know, we think of these athletes or, uh, you know, amazing entrepreneurs and stuff like that. But God's, he's not really that interested in that. And it's amazing because the more normal of a person he, he uses, the more glory God gets because, no, it's not, about, it's not about me. It's not about this person. It's about what God is doing through this normal guy. Again, he chose, he chose a bunch of fishermen and changed the world through them. I think, I think oftentimes we see things the way that the world does. Um, we see things, you know, we, we, we measure things, we measure people, uh, situations, the way that the world does. And we've, been, we've kind of been trained in that because when, when so many people around you, when the world around you, news, all that stuff, when it, when it points to something looking a certain way, it's, it's hard to break out of that. Um, but a worldly focus leads to doubt. When we look at the passage, P 
Peter was walking on water. He was walking on water. Again, I, I'm a very visual person, so I'm just like, man, what does it look like? What would it feel like to be walking on water if there's waves, if, if there's any movement at all? Does it just kind of go up around your feet? Or does it, is it soft? I don't know. I don't know. I wish I knew what it felt like. I want, you know, I want to know. Like, is it just the most comfortable stroll that you've ever had? Or is it firm and you're like, wow, this is, I mean, does it splash when you walk? I don't know. Um, whatever, whatever it's like, it was incredible. It was incredible. An incredible new experience. He, he definitely hadn't experienced that before. But he took his eyes off his Savior and looked at his surroundings, the waves, the wind. He got scared, and he started to sink. And Jesus tells him, like, man, you have little faith. Where I'm like, man, I, it seemed like Peter had a lot of faith stepping out on the water in the middle of the night when he thought he might have seen a ghost. Like, that's, it seems like a lot of faith, but Jesus is like, man, what? Where is your faith? You see the wind coming, and you're, now you're like, oh, well, well, well I don't know. Throw wind in the mix, and now, I don't, now I'm not sure. I can walk on water, but oof. That seems, that seems like a little too much, maybe. It reminded me of, um, it reminded me of the story of David and Goliath. All these things that I'm, all these things that I'm mentioning are, are things that we've, we've heard a lot. Um, I think that, I think that sometimes, like, if you've been a believer for a while and um, you know, every kid's heard the story of David and Goliath in youth group and, and kids' ministries and stuff. Um, man, some of, the, some of the awe, some of the wow factor, like, can fade over time. That story that most people know, even if, even if you're not a Christian, you probably know the story. Um, David... He was the runt, was the runt of the family. Um, he, was, he was bringing uh, some food and checking in on his older brothers who were in the battle, on the battlefield. Um, and everyone there, his brothers, everyone, were terrified of this giant across the way. Like, man, that guy's huge. I don't know about this. David responded appropriately. David was like, who is, like, who is this guy? Who is this Philistine who's like mocking God? And he's like, 
You're going to come at me with, with a sword, with a spear, a javelin? Like, I'm, I'm coming for you. Because God, God's not going to be mocked like that. This is, this is the Lord of hosts. Like, no, you're not, gonna, you're not getting away with this. You're not going to defeat us. We're God's people. And you know the story. He defeats him. By the way, this David, <coughs> he, didn't take, he, didn't take any, he didn't take a sword. He didn't take any armor. Meanwhile, Goliath, it said that his chain mail, you know, they're kind of like, I don't even know how to describe it. Metal, like, uh, I don't know, chains, whatever. Um, would, have, would have weighed around 120 pounds. I don't know if David weighed more than that. So you're standing there, a little runt, 120 pounds, face to face with this giant who's wearing chain mail that weighs as much as you? Not to mention his other armor and swords and stuff. Like, if that's, if you're going against an enemy who's like, oh, yeah, 120 pounds, put this on, I'll be good. That's crazy to think about. There's guys that are the same size as me that I'm like, well, I don't know. If he knows a little bit more than me, if he's, you know, if he knows Taekwondo, like, I'm done. I don't know. This giant is just casually wearing something that weighs the same amount as his opponent. Same amount as David. That's, that's wild. But David responds knowing, like, this is the almighty God that I serve, and I know he's not letting you walk away like this. He's not going to let you mock him, mock his people. He's with me, and you're... I'm going to take off your head. And he did. There were a lot of, there were a lot of reasonable, logical explanations. Like, hey, I don't think that I should do it. You know, like, if I was David, wow, I'm going to let this bigger guy, like, I'm going to let this bigger guy fight Goliath because he's got a better chance. Or maybe if, like, 10 people go up against Goliath, I'll sit back and watch. If I need to jump in and help, maybe I will. There were so many logical reasons why David wouldn't be the one to fight Goliath. But he wasn't, he wasn't focused on on what the world sees. Everyone else there was. He was focused not, not on the size of this giant, but on the size of his God. I think when our view is correct, when our view of God is correct, we can respond appropriately and look more like Jesus and ignore the wind and the waves. I, I hope that, I hope that this is encouraging. Um, I hope that I can, that we can 
ask ourselves that question like, man, how can I respond more appropriately to a radical king? Now, there's no, there's no point in just trying to do crazy things in the name of God, but man, how can I let go of what I see and what the world is telling me makes sense and say, God, whatever you have for me, that's what I want to do. Maybe it's, uh, you know, maybe it's reaching out to a neighbor that you feel like God's been prompting you to, to connect with, share a meal with. Maybe it's, um, maybe it's giving financially to Vessel Skate Park. Um, maybe it's starting to tithe to life source if you're not already. Maybe there's a missionary you know um, that it's been on your heart and mind. They're doing amazing things overseas or, or here in the U.S. And like, man, I, I'd love to give, but ah, does it make the most sense right now? I, do the numbers... Do they add up? Do they, do they match up? I'm not telling you to just sell everything and give it to other people, but I think, you know, we see things the way the world does, and maybe someone who doesn't know God would be like, well, you shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't really give any more than that. You're going to be stretched a little thin. God doesn't call us to be comfortable, that's for sure. And the way Peter lived his life, the way David lived his life, like they weren't concerned with comfort. They wanted more of God. They wanted to go where God led them. Um, in, in 2019, I'll be, I'll be wrapping up. Uh, in 2019, Kevin again, he, he asked me, um, if money was no object, what would you do for God? I was like, it's easy. Easy. People have asked me that before. I'd open a free indoor skate park and use it for ministry. And he was like, well, what steps are you taking towards it? I was like, well, I don't know. Uh, no one's asked me that before. Uh, <laughs> dang. I was focused on the wind and the waves scared. Like, how is this going to work? I don't know. I mean, yeah, it'd be great if it was free indoor skate park to use for ministry. It'd be great. I don't really know how it would work, and I got some student loans, and they're going to take forever to pay off, and he's like, well, your personal loans and finances aren't really, like, doesn't necessarily have to be a part of that. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I guess that's right, yeah. And I had, to, I had to evaluate, like, is, am I just letting fear hold me back? Am I doubting that God is going to do this, this thing that he laid on my heart? And stepping out of the boat was, man, it was one of the best decisions I've made in my life. I'm so thankful. And... <clears throat> There were definitely people who thought I was crazy. Um, maybe some of you thought I was crazy. 
But now there's hundreds of skaters who have been able to see someone's trust in God come to fruition. See what kind of God is real. Like, and again, it's not about me and what, what I've done. I'm just sharing an example, but man, that's amazing. Oh, I'm so thankful that people around here, the people, these skaters get to see that. So thankful for that. And you probably aren't called to open an indoor skate park. Um, that'd probably be a little weird. I already opened one here, so maybe if you want to move somewhere else, that would be cool. But, um, but I believe that as we all focus more on who God is, on this almighty, this radical God, that, that we'll start to do more things that seem a little crazy to people. And we'll end up sending that powerful message about who God is in a real and like tangible way That's, that's my prayer for, for myself, to do that more, uh, and, f- and for everyone here to do that more. And um, I'm going to pray now uh, to close. Father, mm, God, you're so good. And Lord, I, I, I hate that I put you in a box. I hate that... Um, That we, that we limit you. You're all powerful. You're almighty. You, the things that you've done and that we have scripture about, that we have evidence of, are mind-blowing. They're, they're, they, they defy the laws of nature, but... We, we, tend to, we tend to limit you in what you might do going forward or what you might do through us. Um, man, I pray that that would change. Lord, I pray that we would all be excited about, man, this, this power that you've placed inside of us. Not that we're great or will be great, but, Lord, that you and your great power will do amazing things through us. Or I, I, I get excited thinking about like what, what is possible. Anything is possible. And Lord, whatever you want me to do, whatever you want any of us to do, Lord, I pray that we would just say yes, that we would move towards that. Whatever it looks like, however scary it might be, Lord, help us to trust you more. Help us to grow in our faith. Or help us to step out and and even ask you, God, God, call me to do something crazy. Call me to step out in a, in, a, in a way that looks crazy to people. Ask me to do that, and I'll say yes. I pray that that would be our hearts. I pray that, um, Lord, that we would look to you more, that we would put you in your rightful place in our hearts and minds. 
as this radical, almighty king who we would live for, we would die for. And Lord, that we would say yes to whatever you have for us. Lord, I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Stephen, for the challenge.